Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it is Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today is Robert. How are you doing on this weekend? I'm doing good. Uh, we have a nice little cool front moving in here in the States, so mm-hmm. the temperatures drop down about 15 degrees and the humidity has gone bye-bye, so it's actually comfortable to be outside and not be all hot and sweaty and gross. Hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot cooler today over here as well. Uh, so what have you been playing over the past week? Uh, not a whole lot. I mean, I'm still doing... I mean, I've kind of, kind of fallen into this pattern again to where I spend like, you know, 35, 45 minutes in the division more as a job than anything else. Uh, <laughs> you know, you run the daily uh, mission for your Phoenix credits. You run the daily hard uh, underground for your credits and try to get better gear. Um, but other than that, it's, uh, I did, I did try out that game Crossed. I don't know if you've heard about that or not. No, I, I don't know. I might I be did. remembering the name wrong because it's really that unrememberable. It's basically a free to play game in that one group of games that are, you know, free to play, uh, on the Xbox store. It's basically okay. World of Tanks, only the matches are much, much, much shorter. I mean, I've. I've yet to be in a match that lasted longer than four minutes. Uh, the load times are pretty quick, but basically, you know, you're in a vehicle, uh, you run a few, uh, you know, death matches, you know, team versus team, you get some scrap, you build better gear, you build better vehicles, and then you go on that cl- uh, tree climb, as it is. Okay. No, I've, I've not heard of that one. I mean, it's okay. Like, it's a free game. I mean, it's like a six gig download, so for me, it doesn't take that long to download. Cool. And like I said, the matches are pretty quick, you know, bing, bang, boom. It's only like an eight on eight, and there's only one base to capture, so you either capture the base or blow everybody up real quick, and all the vehicles, at least that I've been playing against and with, are pretty weak, so they die pretty quick. Um, But other than that, I think I might actually be done with uh, Mass Effect, not that I've beaten it or anything. I think I've just gotten to the point to where I don't really feel the need to go in and try to play it. Okay, interesting. Um, yeah, I took a bit of a break at one point in Mass Effect. I can't remember when or what point in the game it was, but I sort of took a break and played some other stuff, uh, and then came back and uh, yeah, I came back and then felt better about the game, and then just continued it from there. Uh, so maybe that might be a, g- a good idea, just sort of take a break from it, play something else, and then come back. Um, I've been playing. I mentioned last week I finished Watch Dogs, didn't I? Um, I picked up the the HD remaster, I'm not sure if it's a full remaster or just a HD, but uh, Gravity Rush, the PlayStation mm-hmm. exclusive, I think it was originally on the Vita, and then it came out for the uh, PlayStation 4, so I've been playing some of that, I only started it last night. Um, have you heard of the game before? I've heard of it, I've never actually had a chance to play it. <clears throat> it's... um. Basically, it's one of the, the Japanese PlayStation exclusives that they have. Um, and it's essentially like, the, the first hour of the, the, of the game is all I've kind of played, um, but it's essentially, you play as this, this woman who wakes up in this town and she's not sure, like, what's going on and there's all these crazy different things happening and just to suddenly save this boy from this house and, um, this guy says to her, look, you can save my son, you're one of those, like, people that float around and stuff, and she's like, what are you talking about? She's, like, not aware of her powers or anything, and basically, you can kind of, if you press R1, you go into, like, the float kind of thing, and then you can just, like, 
float towards. It, it is more floating than flying the, the, in the way that she moves. Uh, you sort of float towards certain um, destinations and places uh, in the game, and then that's kind of how you how you get around in it. And then you can like walk on walls and all that sort of thing. And there's like all these different attacks, and there's different enemies and stuff. So uh, that's kind of the gist of the game from what I've got of it at the moment. Is there's these things that are happening in the town. She's kind of woken up there uh, from some kind of injury. Um, and like she has to find a home and all this, all this other sort of stuff, and you bump into these other people, and uh, yeah, you just basically, basically start start the game kind of like that. Uh, I assume there's going to be some like bits and pieces to unlock and to like improve her as a character and stuff. Uh, but I'm quite, I'm quite interested in it. I just hope that I kind of, I guess it's the thing that I've had to get used to, but I really kind of struggled in the first sort of hour in terms of like getting control of her power and working out exactly what I was doing because when you're floating through the air and stuff, if you press L1, that makes you return to normal gravity. So essentially that's how you land. And I was like landing awkwardly and hurting her and all these other different things. So, um, and then like not quite being sure where I was and stuff. Uh, but there is a tip in the game that, um, if you look at where her hair is pointing towards and her scarf, that is pointing towards where the ground is. So that's how you always know roughly where the ground is, as much as that is possible. Um, so yeah, I, I'm quite enjoying it. I think it has a lot of potential. And uh, I'm going to play some more after I come off of recording this. Uh, what else have I been playing? I jumped into some more Overwatch. It had been a little a little while and I was, I was a little rusty. So I jumped back into some of that, which was, which was good. It's interesting sometimes to like... I played as McCree, and McCree is a sort of very slow, he's like the cowboy character, I don't know if, have you seen him before? Mm -hmm. McCree? Yeah, he's the sort of cowboy character, and his abilities are like, you know on a magnum, as you can, um, you can shoot, and then you can kind of press the back a few times to make it shoot really quickly. He's got that ability, he's got, of course, a normal shot. He's got this kind of stun thing that he can throw at people, the range is very, very short. But the idea of it is like you would throw that at somebody and then press uh, LT to use the six shot thing. Uh, he's got a dead eye ability, which is like um, it's a bit like you know that thing in Red Dead Redemption where you sort of slow down time and pick targets and then execute them. But it's not quite as easy to pick people. Uh, so yeah, I was playing some of him, and it's interesting to like play as a slower character and just sort of sit on the side a little bit and sort of watch things unfold and then kind of just like pick people off so uh, that was quite fun as well uh yeah it's been about what i've been playing as well because i've been kind of binge watching um broadwalk empire so that's taken up my other time uh should we get into some news yeah cool uh so like we said last week we just got some other some bits and pieces that came out of e3 that weren't at conferences so we're just going to go ahead and talk about those um a couple of days after the xbox conference or during the week last week um, there was a video showing the Xbox avatars, they're going to be rebooted, um, for the Xbox One. And some of the features are, you can include being, uh, pregnant, you can have a wheelchair, you can have missing, but, like, replaced limbs. Um, and there's, like, a lot more along with actual redesign of what the characters look like. Did you see this video? I did see the video, um, and it's interesting that they're doing that. I'm not quite sure why. Why? Because it's not like any games have come out to where you would use your avatar. I would actually love it, you know, if there were, you know, little indie games that came out 
that were Avatar based. Mm. I mean, it's it's cool that they're still you know kind of hanging on to that, but I'm not quite sure why. Unless they've got like a, a slate of games coming up that'll use them. Maybe yeah, you could probably use like a Mario Kart type game where you can sort of see your little characters or um you know like all, all the different types of games that the Wii did with it, with its Mii's. Um, like yeah, sport, I mean, there's tons of potential for like little, little easy, you know, little three on three like sports games, uh, mini golf, racing. There's a, there's literally dozens of games mm. that could use the avatar. It's just that mm. nobody does. Skyrim. Kind of like the <laughs> Skyrim would be interesting. Yeah. But, you know, it's kind, of, it's kind of like the Connect. I mean, there's you know tons of ways you can use the Connect, but nobody uses it. Mm. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this, like you said, there's quite a lot of potential. And uh, what, what did you think of the redesign? Did you quite like it? Uh, I mean, it, it looked nice. I mean, yeah. I've always been a fan of the avatars. Um, I, I honestly just don't remember the last game that I played where you could actually use your avatar. Mm, me neither. Yeah, I like the redesign as well, and I like that they're looking at, you know, diversity and stuff with uh, pregnant characters, wheelchairs, and, and all that sort of thing. Um, Although I hope that doesn't lead to pregnancy announcements by somebody changing their avatar to being pregnant. It's like, surprise! <laughs> yeah, you get a message from your partner, like, come come look at my new avatar, it has a message for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that would be interesting. Um, so yeah, I, I, I didn't see a date for when these are coming, I think it's probably in the, in the holiday season. Uh, it'll be interesting if they launch on the Xbox One X launch date, that could be a possibility. Um, do, do you think it could be included with Crackdown at all? I don't think so. No? Hmm. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. It's it's good. So, um, I look forward to seeing those. Um, so we have a... Did you play the season episodic game of Hitman recently? Nope, I have not. Okay. Uh, I don't know why I, I've played a little bit of hitman absolution uh the game just never really clicked for me mm-hmm. so okay well um the game's gone a little bit quiet since all the episodes have come out which uh well there's been some like trouble with the game basically and uh there's an update for it uh square enix has completed the sale of hitman developer um io interactive uh the developer said in a statement today so this was a few days ago uh, that it is now fully independent after after successfully concluding negotiations with Square Enix. IO said um, it agreed to a management buyout. Not sure exactly what that means. And importantly, the developer retains the rights to the Hitman franchise, which is good news indeed. Um, so yeah, it's good that Hitman's not been cancelled or anything. It's been successfully kind of sold. Um, and... Uh, yeah, the developer retains the rights to it. So, uh, did did you like in, have intentions to play the episodic one? Uh, not really. I mean, it never really popped off as something as that I would want to try. I'm not a big fan of the stealthy games, just because I think a lot of them don't really do stealth right. I mean, there's I can see what you, you know, mean. Oh my yeah. god, the I mean, the light exploded. It, it just must be the light exploded. There was never. <laughs> There's so many things to where you would think that, you know, somebody would be a little bit more freaked out or a little bit more of a clue as something going on with what happening. Mm. I blame that more on the AI development than anything else. There's actually a video. Um, you can search for it on YouTube. Somebody, uh, there's this one Hitman level 
to where if you, uh, you know, fiddle with a light, uh, it's like one of those portable standing floodlights, and it's in a puddle of water, mm-hmm. so you can fiddle with it to short out, and somebody will run up and get zapped and get electrocuted. <laughs> well, they found that apparently nobody cares about dead bodies on the floor when it's in a puddle of water and electrocuted, and so they just repeated, you know, redoing that and, uh, um, you know, electrocuting a random person, redid it, electrocuted. They actually kept a, cal- a tally, and there's a pile of 73 bodies in this one spot for this one, like, planned death trap. And I'm just like, okay, you know, any, first off, anybody that would see a dead body, what's the first thing they're going to do? They're going to freak out, call emergency services, call the police, you know, call ambulance service, whatnot. Mm-hmm. They're not just going to say, oh, let me walk up to this dead body in, in the pile of water. Eh, now I'm dead. And then the next person, oh, look, there's two dead bodies. Eh, now I'm dead. And so on and so on and so on. Mm. I mean, seriously, 73 dead bodies. That's like, like half the people that they animated in the level were dead in this one pile and yeah. nobody said anything. Yeah, I mean, there's parts in the Watch Dogs where you can somewhat control the cars. You can't, like, take control of it and drive it on your own. Uh, but you can, like, make the car push forward and turn around and all this sort of stuff. And... There's a couple of levels where, like, there's cars near a bunch of people that you have to get past or kill, whatever. Um, and, like, you move these cars around and make them run people over and stuff, and some of the people are like, eh, just cars moving around, and then they don't really react to it. That was the kind of the one problem I had with, with uh, Watch Dogs, was that that just never really worked to its full effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it, it was in a way that you wanted them to be freaked out, like, oh, if I move this push this car forward into this wall with nobody inside it surely somebody's gonna freak out um and they just didn't uh, even when like somebody got run over they were like oh search search for whoever it is and then they like give up after a few minutes that, that was one of the things that bugged me about the game but um yeah it's good to hitman is has got itself sorted out uh i still need to go back and play the, the other episodes because i did play the first episode of the um episodic series i think there were six of them so uh, yeah, I look forward to, to seeing what's in store for the game and to uh, go back and play some more of it. Um, next piece we have is Rocket League will run at 720p and 60 frames per second when docked and undocked, so there will be no change. Um, pretty good, do you think? Yeah, I mean, Rocket League's a, a really fun game. I don't know if you've played it at all. Yeah, I played some of it and then I just... Yeah, it's one of the things you you go don't go back to and you don't quite know why, but um, I did enjoy it quite a bit, so I thought it was great. Yeah, I, I play it every now and then. I have it on the PC. Um, it's one of those things that's you know it's a lot more fun if you can get you know a couple three of your friends in the same party and just roll as a team. That way you can coordinate the tactics and the movement and everything. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it speaks to the fact that you know you don't need like the most powerful tech in a device to to run a good game Mm. although it does help that you know rocket league doesn't really require like the most powerful things it's not like they're trying to run uh you know call of duty on it or uh Mm. you know battlefield one or anything like that i mean they have a a fixed thing that they can render pretty well and then they can just spend the rest of the time in the processor optimizing it for Mm. power and things like that yeah i mean i've heard a lot of gamers say that they you know frame rate is more important than the graphics because it makes the game run better of course 
Uh, so being 60 frames per second is is really good for for the Nintendo Switch. I'm not sure the how it runs on consoles or PC, but uh, probably quite well. So uh, yeah, that was it for the Rocket League thing. Um, and yeah, it's good that it's coming to to Switch as well. That was one of the ones that was cross platform, wasn't it? Yeah, and, it's uh, gonna be crap. Yeah. Uh, cross platform with the PC and mm. the Xbox. Yeah, it was that in Minecraft. Um, the Elder Scrolls Six is not happening soon, and the exec says it's a good thing. I saw this as a headline and just um, wrote it down. I didn't actually go into the article and click on it because, yeah, I mean, like we said before, don't rush games. Don't, yeah, just don't rush games. Don't announce things too soon. Um, is what we what we've agreed on before, and what we've talked about before. So uh, yeah, do you agree with him as well? Absolutely, I agree with that. Make mm. something work the best, and it's not like they're still not selling, you know, Skyrim. I mean, hell, they're just coming out with it on uh, uh, Switch. VR, mm. yeah, mm. Switch and VR. So there's two new platforms that they're gonna put Skyrim on. So why would you, mm. you know, rush six? You know, get a nice big wish list of things that you know people liked and people didn't like, and you know thought they could be improved on, and uh, make a better game for when it does come out. Mm. I mean, like, <clears throat> don't yeah, just don't rush rush a game. And I know that there's a lot of people that have been uh, asking for an Elder Scrolls Six for quite a long time. But because um, when when was the fifth one? Oh, a long time ago. Because I know the fifth one came out. Um, it came out as a 360 version, mm. and there were several 360 versions. So. That alone tells you that it's been at least, I want to, let me look it up real quick. Because I know it's been at least five years since. Uh, okay, because the remaster came out as well for the um, the new yeah. gen consoles. Which one did you play it on? Or did you... I played it on both. I, I purchased it as part of like a, a summer game sale on the 360 and it was five bucks. Yeah. Um, now, it wasn't all like the DLC and everything, but I wanted to try it. You know, five bucks is five bucks. Wow, even older than I thought. Skyrim, Elder Scrolls V, Skyrim's release date was November 2011. Yeah, it's been six years. It's been a while then, so. Um... Uh, but yeah, I played it uh, a bit on the 360. And then uh, when the remaster came out, the Amazon did one of the weird lightning sales to where it's half off. Mm-hmm. So I got the remastered for twenty five bucks, and I played it a bit. I'll probably jump back into it here mm. and a little bit once I get a couple things taken care of. And just it's one of those games that you you finished like the very very first quest of you know learning to be the dragonborn and learning how to shout, and then you just kind of screw around the rest of the game just doing random stuff. <laughs> cool. Yeah, because I played it on the on the PS4 recently, the remastered version, and it just didn't look remastered to me. So uh, what I'll probably do is when I eventually get a Switch, I'll probably just have it on that so that you know it's it's on a smaller screen and it might look different. I don't know, but uh, it's just the game I feel like I'll prefer on the Switch. So uh, plus it gives me another game for it. So. Yeah, and it weirdly would work on a Switch because it's the kind of game that you know you don't want to. I mean, you could sit in front of a TV and play for like seven, eight hours, but it really strikes me as the kind of game that, you know, you're going to be traveling for an hour, you know, on a commute, mm. or you're on a plane for a couple hours on vacation, you know, pull out the Switch, pull out the Skyrim. There you go. And yep. fuss, fuss road dial your way through a long, boring trip. 
yeah, that's that's kind of the idea I was, I was going for. So yeah. Uh, what do we have next? The Xbox One X is getting a vertical stand, which is understandable. Uh, the only one I didn't think that had it, don't don't think that has it, is the Xbox One, of course, because it's just too damn too big. big. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, speaking just, of which, sorry, go on. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> I was going to read the the whole story. So what was you going to say? Uh-huh. Oh, I was going to say that I might be changing my position, and I might actually get uh, an Xbox One X. Cool. Nice. Nice. Uh, so it says just like the Xbox One S. Um, not to confuse the two, because I have actually already done that. I was like, I was I was talking to somebody the other day and like talking about you know. The Xbox One S was X was announced. See, I did it again. The Xbox One X was announced, um, and it was like explaining the differences in 4K and teraflops and price and all that stuff. And as I was explaining it, I kept saying S instead of X and X instead of S and whatnot. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so just like the Xbox One S, Microsoft's new um, more powerful console, the Xbox One X console can stand vertically. Director Xbox, sorry, Xbox director Albert. Penelo confirmed on Twitter that you can orient the console vertically with an optional accessory that Microsoft will sell separately. The Xbox One S vertical stand is priced at $20, so about £15 roughly. Um, given that the Xbox One X is smaller than the S, it might um, be that there is the new stand um, specific to the device though there does not appear to be a product range available for it yet on Microsoft's website uh, we will report back with more information as it becomes available so yeah pretty self-explanatory there's going to be an Xbox One X stand um, have you done that yet like confused or said S when you meant to say X or anything not really, but most of my friends tend not to be on the geeky side, so it's not a subject that comes up that you know we can nerd out about. Okay. Uh, but clearly, there's some barking news about the whole situation. Mm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I was saying, uh, I because I was looking into upgrading my my original my Xbox One to the S because of the price drop, but then I got into it and I realized that it's one of those price drops in name only. Because the 199 version that they did uh, was out of stock and wasn't carried by any retailers, and mm-hmm. it was actually out of stock on Amazon. And so the next one up was the 249. Um, but the two problems with that is is that they were all bundle games, and they were all games that I either already had or wasn't going to play. Okay. And they were still the 500 gig hard drives. They went to full one terabyte, and you can't actually buy an Xbox One S that isn't a game bundle. Uh, You actually have to go up to the 2-terabyte version, which I would, except for the 2-terabyte version is $400. For the S or the X? For the S. Okay. And then um, I've done some trade-ins with some old stuff to, you know, the local trade-in store, so I got, you know, 100 bucks sitting on a a card that I don't really have any games that are coming out anytime soon that I want to buy. Okay. And then my uh, the credit card that I have has a points loyalty thing, and that feeds directly into Amazon. Mm-hmm. And I've got about another hundred bucks on that, and then I have a little coin jar on my uh, chest of drawers that you know has just you know leftover coins. You know how you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the weird thing is is that banks don't actually take in loose coins anymore because they've stopped doing that here in the states because okay. people kept leaving like 
buttons and you know random junk and crap in the in the coins and okay. when the banks take them in they run through the machine break the machine and it's actually not God. worth it financially <laughs> for the banks to uh to take in coins anymore so a couple companies have popped up to where they'll have like the coin sorter machines in the grocery stores and whatnot and they actually do a deal to where they won't charge any money if you get that on a gift card and so i've got about a hundred dollars in loose coins in my on my chest of drawers that I can put onto a gift card for Amazon. Hmm. And so I'm 60% of the way to paying for an X already there. Cool. And, you know, nice. I'll probably be even closer by the time uh, November rolls around and it's, uh, you know, the, the console launches. Sales so there's a good, yeah. Yep. So there's a good chance that I might be, you know, 70, 75% of the way to paying for it without actually having to do anything. Nice. And if, and if that's the case, I might just go ahead and break down and get an X. Nice. Awesome. Um, but yeah, it makes sense that they would release a, a separate stand for the X because it is a is, it is a bit smaller than the S. Um, did you ever see, uh, there was a video on IGN a little while ago when the Pro was announced, the PS4 Pro, or I think it might have been the Slim. Well, they came out about the same time, so. Um, and Brian Altano had this, like, picture of the, uh, either the Pro or the Slim stand, and he was like, this looks like a sushi plate. <laughs> did you ever see the, uh, stand for that? I haven't. Uh, I don't go to IGN a whole lot. Not that okay. I don't like them. I mean, they're a good website and they make a decent product. It's just that their videos never really pop up in my feed, and there's not a whole lot of websites that I go to on purpose. Right. Uh, so it just never really, never really came up. Okay. No, it's just it, the video at the time said like you know what you what you'll need to buy if you want like the full experience with the pro so it was just a little interesting video um yeah i don't check out like everything on this site because you'd be there all day um so i just click on like you know bits and pieces that interest me uh mm-hmm. but will you yourself be getting a stand at all or, or uh d- really kind of depends i mean i'm gonna be moving here in a couple weeks so all my furniture is gonna be you know rearranged and uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm moving you know out so i'm gonna be solo so that's gonna be so much better for me and so I'm going to have my own big space and my own my own whole apartment. So I'm going to be spreading everything out, and I'm going to have you know room to put everything up that I've been wanting to. That's been in storage forever. And so I don't know if I'll have it vertically or not. I've never understood the appeal of vertical versus horizontal. I mean, I know some people like that if it's in this neat little cubby hole for where they put their TV and whatnot. I've just mm-hmm. I've never understood why that's a thing. Why that has to be. You know, it must be vertical or it must be horizontal. I've never understood why the difference matters. Yeah, just uh, design choices, isn't it? Um, but yeah, if you want to get a stand for your Xbox One S or X, um, then you can you can do that soon. Um, and yeah, last piece of news I have is a little price comparison that I saw as well for the Xbox One X, which is on November 7th. So it's $500 in the US, which we already knew. The international pricing um, is £450 in the UK, so that's where, where I am. Um, there's another sign here. It's like a C with two lines through it. I'm not sure which currency that is. I know what the other two are here, but uh, that one is 500 whichever that is. It might be Spanish or something like that. Um, Canadian dollars is 600 uh, and then Australian dollars is 650 So it's a pretty pricey little device um do you know what the other one might be 
I'm looking that up now. Uh, it sounds familiar. I've seen it. Oh, oh, you mean like the it's the letter C with two horizontal lines through it? Yeah. That's the euro. The euro. Okay. Um, so there's the pound, euro, Canadian, and then Australian. So uh, that's the different prices there. Yeah, so it's pretty it's pretty expensive um, in terms of in terms of those prices. Those poor Australians have to pay so much money. Um, well, I think it's Australian. It says AU next to it. Yeah, so, it's Australian. Yeah, unit. and then CA for ca- Canadian. And then, of course, I know what the pound looks like because I see it uh, every day. Um, so, yeah, do you think this is pretty expensive? I mean, it's it's different um, currency or whatever you call it. Yeah, um, it's pretty expensive, but I now that they've had the the box out to different uh, you know tech places that have done like breakdowns of the components, it's actually not that bad. I mean, there's um, Digital Foundry, which has a YouTube channel. Uh, you can look the video up. It does a breakdown of the announced components and the things that uh, would cost money. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest thing I think is going to be that uh, the vapor lock cooling system. Uh, that's a big price jump because they're comparing two really, really, really high-end graphics cards. And one of them, there's a $100 difference between like a, a TI 1040 and then you know the next card up. And it was a $100 difference. And that $100 difference was the vapor lock chamber that they're using in the One X. Interesting. And you know this is a difference between like a $500 graphics card and a $600 graphics card for like the super high-end PCs. Okay. And that was just one component, and the vapor lock and the non-vapor lock was a hundred dollars difference. Mm. And I'll try to find the video and then post it on uh, the Facebook page cool. when this podcast goes up, yep. and then you can see the breakdown of the difference. I mean, it's still expensive as all hell. I mean, it's still yeah. you know five hundred dollars for a unit, but you know, going watching them go through the announced components and the breakdowns. You're definitely getting your money's worth. I'm not going to argue that point. Yeah. I'd be interested to see what it looks like on a 4K TV, because as much as they can show at E3, I only have a 1080p screen, so you can't properly see a 4K image on a on a yeah. stream through, you know, and it's plus it's through a stream, so, you know, it's going to be, it's going to downscale sometimes. Yep. Although, though, I do like the timing of when they're announcing, uh, or rather when they're releasing the 1X, because it comes out in the first of uh, November here in the states, and that's right before uh, a thing we've talked about several times on the show, uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Mm-hmm. So you know there's going to be loads and loads and loads of 4K TVs out for sale. And so what I think is going to happen is people are going to get the X, and they're going to enjoy it, and they're just going to wait like the two weeks for the for the big sales on the 4K TVs, and just there'll be a massive sale of 4K TVs. Yep. Should be uh should be interesting to see how things go down. Um I think it will do pretty well. I don't think it will I don't know. I don't know how it is. it's tough to say because some people are like, well, this is better, but I still can play my Xbox One games on on the other two consoles. Uh and some people might say, you know, I only upgraded last year in August to the S and I'm just not ready for the X yet, so those people won't be buying. Um yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it how it does in terms of sales. Uh, but like I said, unfortunately, you won't be able to see it properly unless you're really watching on a 4K screen and a 4K K screen that's in front of you, because a stream isn't going to show that properly either. So, 
Um, yeah, that's all the news I have. What did you have to talk about? Uh, several things. <coughs> I know you're a big uh, Overwatch fan. Are you still playing Overwatch at all? Uh, I am, yes. Uh, Overwatch's game director, Jeff Kaplan, uh, made some interesting announcements in their latest uh, developer really cool video guy. update. I'm sorry, what? He's a really cool guy. I've seen because he does the uh, developer updates where he talks about things that come into the game to the game and he's uh he's pretty cool so so they're making a change to the mathematics to the random number generator for loot boxes and they're saying that the uh duplicates that people constantly gets are going to no longer be an issue uh kaplan's in the video he quotes as saying one of the things that we're going to do is drastically reduce the rate at which duplicates uh are received from players uh, opening the loot boxes uh it won't eliminate the issue entirely but they hope that it will change the uh, immediate evidency that players uh, are constantly getting the same loot out of the loot boxes. So it looks like there's been a complaint of, I keep getting the same item 47 times, mm. and they're going to be doing something about it. Yeah, I do sometimes, you know, you rank up and then you get yourself a loot box, and, uh, you know, you, you open it and then it has like a spray, a player icon, a voice line and something else and like two of them are duplicates and like that was a terrible loot box. So, um, yeah, it's, it's good. I didn't know that was coming. So, because I know there's a new map that, that came out, which I, um, I didn't try it, but I tried the gravity thing on the other maps because it's like one of the features, uh, it is in a separate playlist. So it's not like going to interrupt your competitive play. Um, uh, cause I heard some people complaining about that, that like, Oh, if this gravity thing's like in my competitive play, I'm not going to be happy. But it's in a separate playlist, so um, yeah, I didn't know that about the uh, boxes thing. So that's that's good to know as well. So I look forward to when that comes out. So hopefully, I can actually get some new stuff. So that's great. What what else was there? Uh, well, that was it for the statement. Uh, but they're just talking about how they understand that people are upset that they're getting the same items, mm. and they're just going to be doing something about it. Good. I I have heard people say that if you pay for the loot boxes, you're a lot less likely, of course, to get duplicates, and you're likely to actually get better stuff than like sprays and things. I mean, sprays are cool, but I don't want like two of them in my loot boxes. So, uh, player icons are, are decent as well, but you know, every, everyone wants the skins, the emotes, the highlight intros, and all that sort of thing. So, mm -hmm. cool. All right, what else did you have? Uh, well. It there's going to be uh, uh, eSports coming to one of the major networks over here in the States, NBC, National Broadcasting Company, which is – there's really kind of the big four in terms of uh, television broadcasting for what's considered primetime TV, that uh, 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. time slot. There's uh, ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox. Cool. And that probably con constitutes about I don't know seventy five eighty percent of the uh, of the television market for that time slot. You know, not counting sports and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, they are going to be bringing uh, uh, Rocket League tournaments this summer as a part of the broadcast. Uh, it'll start uh, July twenty second with regional qualifiers online using Facets Esports platform. Uh, the players will eventually uh, face each other in person through studio competitions, and the grand finale is going to be August 26th and 27th. Uh, tons of video coverage. NBC is promising 40 hours of broadcast um, of, of content 
across uh, both online sources and television. And there's going to be live coverage of the uh, finals on NBCSN in the uni- in the states, and it's actually going to be on Sci-Fi in the UK and other countries. Hmm. Interesting. So it's interesting, and that's not actually the uh, only esports that's getting broadcast right now. ESPN, which is you know the big you know sports channel juggernaut, mm-hmm. uh, they do a thing called Drone Racing League. And that's actually kind of interesting, the Drone Racing League, because what it is is, you know, they're flying drones, uh, but they're not flying, you know, drones that they've built and drones that they've raced, you know, and whatnot. They're all literally the same drone. It's like the same model drone. They're all flying it. They're just painted different colors so that it can uh, track them. And the racing is all done first person. So the drones have a camera in the front, and the players actually have to wear goggles. So they're they're flying in that first person mode. Oh, like VR sort of. Yeah, uh, it's basically yeah. VR. Okay. Yeah, I've I've seen a sort of online video of that somebody like uh, they filmed it so that they was in like a you know vlog style, and then they said like I'm gonna I'm gonna cut the video here and show you guys this in like VR first person. They went up in in the sky, so that was really really cool. It it it's really really cool. But if I was trying to do that, I would be vomiting constantly because I my visual thing. <laughs> Cannot do that. Okay, interesting. But uh, it's it's a full league, so like they have like uh, sixteen people that qualified <laughs> uh, for the for the main event, and they fly them through like a really really twisty, turny loop uh, course. Okay. And then they fly I... that same course like seven or eight times, and then it's all points based. Uh, I see why you might get dizzy from that. I thought you at, at the start. I thought you just meant this would be like a you know where you would go straight and turn and stuff but if it's like loops and stuff then i can understand why you'd um get dizzy from that so yeah just imagine like the craziest roller coaster on earth and you're doing it first person mode at about probably 20 miles an hour Mm. i mean those drones are really really tiny and they just zoot scoot along like you would not believe Mm. of course there's a difference between like being on a roller coaster but then like viewing the roller coaster in vr so uh yeah that would that'd be interesting um yeah i'm interested to like get into esports in some kind of way and watch something to do with it i just like don't know where to look or where to start or what's available over here but i'll uh i I haven't done like a proper google search i had i looked a little bit on like youtube and stuff and i didn't really find much so maybe if i do a proper google search i might find something good well, the interesting thing about the Drone Racing League is that uh, it's open qualifications. What you do is you uh, they, there's actually a, a video game version of that, and then you just do that, and then you record your time, and then log it, obviously. Mm. And then they go to, like, I'm sure there's, like, local qualifiers and regional qualifiers. So the people that actually get on the TV show, you know, they're the best of the best. I mean, it's like the difference between, you know, doing a go-kart race and then racing at Le Mans for 24 hours. Because if I, if I could watch like just a, a random couple of matches of Overwatch with like some some commentary and stuff, I'd I'd be that that would be uh, pretty cool. Um, myself being involved in it, I don't know how I would go about doing that, but um, yeah, I'd be interested to just like watch some of it and see what it's like. So, because um, of course you have over here you have like sports and stuff, you know, football and whatnot with commentary, but. Um, yeah, after how many how many ever years I've watched of football with commentary, it um isn't quite as fresh as it used to be. So unless you know something crazy happens, but 
Uh, yeah, I'm interested to see what I can find. So, um, maybe have you seen any yourself? Uh, for professional like games like that, no, I haven't. Um, like any kind of, of esports stuff. I no, mean? I mean I kind of want to, but the assumption of knowledge has always been my barrier because I know pretty much nothing about Nobas. Uh, Mobas. I don't know why this character is better than that character. I don't know why. Uh, okay. Uh, that uh, you know tech tree or that uh, talent tree was a good choice or a bad choice and you know they're assuming that if you're watching that then uh, you've already uh, you already have that knowledge mm. so yeah. I think that that's always been my biggest barrier yeah cool uh, so I'll see what I can find with that uh, what, what else do you have to talk about uh, well uh, Valve is coming out with a new set of hardware accessories for VR people uh, it's called the Knuckles. Uh, it's an, actually an interesting design. Uh, what it is is that it's a controller for each hand. And it kind of looks almost like a Wiimote, but bigger. And it's got a big uh, arc strap on the rest of it. Okay. Uh, and they're planning on tracking all five fingers, along with the motion control for the controller itself. Hmm. So they're looking to get more detail into it. The way that it works is that the grip they actually hold on to has three buttons. So that's a pinky finger, ring finger, and middle finger. And then you've got a trigger for your index finger. Okay. And then a little trackpad and a couple of buttons on the underside for your thumb. So imagine okay. like the, the normal motion control that you do for like a Wiimote or for the uh, Sony Move mm. or whatever that was called that never really went anywhere. Yeah. Uh, so Valve looks like, uh, and this is a hardware thing. This isn't a software thing. So Valve looks like it's going all in on VR. They think, okay, this is going to be the uh, the future, and we're just going to get ahead of it. Mm. Yeah, I'd be I'd be interested to try a VR game with like controllers and stuff. And I, I guess PlayStation VR is the the most logical for me to do. Makes the most mm-hmm. sense. I mean, of course, I'd have to save up some money and get. The only thing is, you have to get the headset, you have to get the camera, and you have to get the um, if you're going to be doing the buttons and stuff, ideally like a move controller, because you can use the PlayStation controller, but I've heard that it's much, much better to use uh, the move controllers, especially, especially with the, uh, you know, the Until Dawn game, mm-hmm. so that you can actually properly like point and stuff. But uh, yeah, that's probably, in terms of VR and me playing any VR games, that's probably what I'm going to aim towards, because me playing any kind of VR game on PC just isn't going to happen. Um because I tried to download like a demo of FIFA Manager on this, and it just it didn't. Uh, it did run, but it was pretty slow. So, and of course, I need to save it. This laptop's power for like podcasts and whatever that we do. So, yeah, PSVR yeah. is the the best option for me, I think. And a lot of that's also going to be the physical spacing, because I know that's mm. what I've talked about. Yeah. Although now that I'm moving, I don't know if I'll have the physical space to put up a VR station, but it definitely won't be. A hindrance like it is now. Mm. Um, but yeah, this this valve thing sounds sounds kind of interesting. But what is it actually? Is it a PC thing then? It's basically like a controller for mm. VR games. I mean, what what do you play on like a PC? Uh, yeah, it's gonna be for PC games. Okay, yeah, it sounds good in terms of like the the uh, the other three fingers and then you know you have the triggers like you said. I'd be interested to see what games come out for that and kind of how that works. So. Uh, did, did, do you get anything else from that?
tested or used or anything like that. Okay. Um, all right, well, what else do you have to talk about? Uh, well, speaking of VR games, there's going to be a free one coming out as part of the uh, Spider-Man Homecoming promotion. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming obviously comes out uh, next month. Oh, yeah. So I saw something on this, and then I went to click on it, got distracted, and then never clicked on it. So Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's the same in the UK, but here in the States, it's on July 7th. So it's coming out right after the 4th of July weekend. Yeah. The, the, the uh, film uh, you're talking about, yeah. I think yeah. it's the 7th over here. Yeah, so Spider-Man Homecoming VR is actually coming out on the 30th of this month. Uh, the game itself was produced by Sony Pictures Virtual Reality, uh, but it's not limiting it to the place. It's not limit, limiting it to the PlayStation VR. It's also going to be involved for HTC Vive and Oculus Rift. Um, <clears throat> if you don't have a VR headset, you can still check it out. Some theaters are going to be covering it. And it's not really an interactive game. It's more of kind of like a trailer designed to be in 3D. Um, okay. Doesn't really say anything about the game experience itself. Um, it, according to this, is just a series of mini games to where <laughs> you're going to be, you know, web slinging down the the whole thing. So it's it's kind of like a, more of a tech demo than anything else. Okay. With a little bit of interactive experience, but it is coming out uh, uh, ahead of the movie, so it's obviously meant to you know garner support and uh, interest in both VR and the movie itself. Cool. That, that's I, I could be one for me to try when I uh, hopefully get a PSVR set. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, that could be really good. There's probably a lot of uh, there's a, if you if you are getting a uh, PSVR headset, uh, there is quite a few demos on the on the PlayStation Store for them. There's like a Call of Duty thing. There's like this rabbit thing. There's yeah. There's like and then there's like a VR. You know you know the Playroom that was released with the PlayStation Four. There's like a VR Playroom version. Um, and then there's, yeah, there's, just, there's a bunch of stuff that I've come across in, in the store. And then, of course, there's, you know, the, the games as well, like Farpoint's just come out. Um, so there's lot, lots to try on the, on the PlayStation store in that way. Um, okay, did you want to say anything else, else about that? Uh, no, I mean, it's interesting that they're doing it for all the platforms, even though Spider-Man is a property owned by Sony. Mm. Uh, they're obviously trying to bolster the the sony movie and the sony uh products so and they actually did an uh an opening uh video announcement with tom holland who's playing obviously playing peter parker in the mm-hmm. upcoming movie yeah it, it's interesting that you know they make this the, the upcoming uh spider-man game that's coming out for the ps4 isn't on the um xbox of course because sony would have said you know this was our our property and you know competition and whatnot um but of course, with with the VR thing, because Xbox doesn't have a VR platform, at least at the moment, um, they can say like you know Vive and whoever can can have this stuff because it's still not Xbox. I think I, I find that quite interesting. So um, so it's a way for them to you know still make the VR game and put it out on other stuff, but it's still not on the Xbox. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I look forward to trying it. Hopefully, eventually. Is it? Did it say anything about a demo? At all? Uh, well, it's not, it, the game itself is a, basically a free demo. Okay. Uh, so they're not charging for the game, and it's coming out on all the platforms. But it's really more of like, I don't know if you've ever gone on like a Universal Studios ride, to where it's you know basically a carnival ride interactive experience with the intellectual property. 
Uh, I don't know if that's big over in the UK. There's I think a couple. I did of that movies. once. A good few years ago. I think I'm. Yeah, Universal Studios yeah. over here in the states has that as a major like tourist attraction thing because there's like, you know, Back to the Future the ride and Harry Potter the ride and, uh, um, you know. Jurassic Park the ride and things like that but there it's basically a giant carnival ride in front of a television screen but on a nomadic uh, trailer to where you're going up down left right and whatever cool nice all right what else do you have to talk about uh, well Nintendo put a statement on their website uh, it did get translated obviously through uh, Google Translate uh, it's basically a long statement apologizing for the ongoing shortages of the Nintendo switch. Uh, obviously, the volume for demand is still outseeding, out, outpacing the supply. Uh, interesting of note is that uh, the Nintendo Switch has fallen off the pedestal of the, the best-selling console since its launch. I mean, when it launched, it obviously sold a lot. Mm-hmm. Within every month since the launch, it has been the number one selling console until uh, last month, just because of the shortages for the device itself. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So it's kind of uh, like, made... it's not because people don't want them, it's because people can't get them. <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, and you go into pretty much any store, and you go into the Nintendo section where the actual consoles is, mm. uh, there's rarely any on the shelves. I've, you know, I go through like Walmart every now and then, you know, for buying stuff, and uh-huh. I'll swing through the, the video game section, and yeah, they'll have tons of games. <laughs> and that'll be fully stocked, and the accessories will be fully stocked, and you know there might be one switch on the shelf, if that. Mm. The uh, the CEX shop that's that's near me. Um, I don't know if it's the same switch that they've had, but when I've been going into town, um, they have had a switch in the same spot at least. A, f- a few weeks ago, it was just the controllers. Uh, like just the Joy-Cons, then it was the Switch upside down without the Joy-Cons on it, then it was the Switch upside down with the Joy-Cons on it, and then it was the Switch the right way up in the dock with the Joy-Cons on it. So I kept thinking, like, is this the same Switch that they keep like rearranging or something, or is it like a case of they're taking it out of the window, but then when somebody puts a new one in, then, uh, then um, they just put it in a different way. But I still don't know why you would put it in upside down in the window i don't quite get that but um yeah i i I don't think it would like damage the console or anything but um it's interesting because there was uh i think it was the one of the kind of funny games dailies or or one of those things um i heard greg talking about it with i think with tim uh because he did one of them recently with andrew renee but i think that was to do with something else um and yeah, they. Cause I didn't actually watch the video myself, but it was like, why can't we get any switches? And then I saw a post, either this morning or yesterday, of somebody uh, posting on the kind of funny group, and then they were talking about how Greg and Tim can't find any switches, or like have come across the the news of no switches. Uh, and then he said, like in his local Walmart or or whatever it was, he found like ten of them, and then. Um, he posted a photo, he's like, guess who's got a Switch now? And then he, he had one on his table, so... Is it a case of, like, different states have different amounts of them? So certain people were having bad shortages, where some people are like, I have a lot of them? Well, I'm sure it's just a case of, uh, with anything else, you know, it's local supply and local demand. It might okay. just be that they got a shipment in that day, and so they were just done a quick restock, or it might just be that there's not a lot of demand in that 
physical location mm. uh, to where everybody else that's, you know, everybody that's in that area has already gotten one. Mm. And, you know, it's not like people buying, you know, multiple copies of uh, Breath of the Wild or anything like that. It's just, you know, I've got the Switch, so I don't need anything else. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Um, there, there was a, a period last year when I went to buy, you know, the order, uh, 1886 of PS4. Mm-hmm. This was before I was signed up to, to Boomerang as well, so I was still buying games. And I had this this voucher for, C- for CX and had enough to get the game, and I kept going in there every kind of weekend or whenever I was in town. Um, and they just they kept not having it for like three, four, five weeks. Um, and they had they had basically most other games that I didn't want, <laughs> apart from the order. Uh, I just didn't fancy playing anything else at the time. Um, so that was that was kind of annoying. But yeah, it's it's strange with you know stock and all that kind of thing. So, uh, how many have you seen near you? Have have there been more stocks the switches? Uh, I see one in the store every now and then. Mm. Um, I haven't really paid attention the last couple three weeks. I've had other things, yeah, you know, going on. But uh, I did find out why they're so hard to keep in stock. It's the the primary uh, CPU chip that they're using. Mm-hmm. Is literally the same chip that Apple uses in the iPhone, and so the volume of all those uh, devices is going for the iPhone because you know it's the same chip manufacturer and it's the same chip, and okay. only that manufacturer makes that chip. And as you know, as popular as the sales are for the Switch, and as obvious as it is that people want those, mm-hmm. you know, you, you've got two. Uh, Two people buying your product, Apple and uh, Nintendo, who do you want to keep happy? You know, you want to keep happy the, the, the company that makes and sells 50 million zillion cell phones every year with incremental updates because they've managed to successfully annualize that property in that phone. Okay, interesting. Um, all right, what else do you have to talk about? Uh, well, we were talking about VR earlier and with Nintendo, and not Nintendo, but Microsoft not really doing anything with their HoloLens as of yet, mm-hmm. uh, but one modder has done something with it, and I'm going to, and I'm going to, bru- you know, butcher this name, so I do apologize, it's, uh, Avinshek Singh, okay. uh, he recreated the level 1-1 in Super Mario Brothers for the HoloLens, mm-hmm. uh, but he recreated it as a first-person experience. So he's got himself uh, filming in Central Park in New York City, and he's in Central Park's a, a famous park. For, there's a lot of like physical activity going on there. So there's like joggers and runners, and they actually teach like rollerblading classes and skateboarding classes and whatnot. And so he's just uh, jogging along the bike trail in Central Park. Only it's you know there's Goombas and blocks to jump and smash and things like that, and it's actually pretty cool. I mean, it's cool for me because I'm a giant nerd, but <laughs> it's one of those things that, you know, he's got, somehow he got his hands on, like, a prototype HoloLens, and then just recreated the first level of, of Super Mario Brothers in it. Nice. Yeah. I'll, I do wonder when Microsoft is going to show that again, because last time we saw it was the Minecraft thing, wasn't it? Which was two yeah, it was, E3s ago? Yeah, it was two e It was either last E3 or the one before yeah. that. It was the one um, with the uh, 360 backwards compatible. Yeah, E3. so it was, yeah. Two, years it was two years ago. Yeah, because um, yeah, it's got some potential there. I don't know exactly what it's going to be like or like what sort of games or whatnot it, it can have on it. But yeah, I, I would just prefer like um, a normal VR kind of set. Uh, I don't know 
because this is uh, augmented reality, isn't it? With the uh, yeah. Hololens. So um, yeah, I think I would just prefer a normal VR headset. But I look forward to seeing what Microsoft have to sh- has to show. Whether it's at Gamescon, I don't know if they are actually doing one this year. I don't know. Or because um, Sony Sony usually does their PSX, and then Microsoft usually does a Gamescon. I think. Um, so they have they have two other opportunities to show things this year. If if Microsoft are going to to Gamescon. Um, but and this is just one of the things where, like, you know, like we say, with fair enough, they've announced it. But if they just keep it quiet until they actually have something, and then they go, okay, it's out really soon, then that would be fine. Because you know, if they, if they keep coming to E three like two, three, four years in a row, and they keep saying it's coming out, this is what's happening with it, and and that sort of thing, then people are going to start getting annoyed. So unless it is just the case of they're still working on it, they don't have anything to show us with it, but uh, it's going to be out there soon, then. Fair enough. Just keep quiet until until you have something. So, do you have any kind of hopes with it? Uh, I hope that it's cool. Uh, I don't know exactly what they would do with it, but I can. There's a lot of things that you know I could kind of see, like for Minecraft or other building games, to where you know you're sitting in your uh, living room and you got the TV in front of you and you got the Hololens on, and uh, you know you're just doing all that in front of you on. Like you know, like the living room table versus doing it on the screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always been a lot of promise with VR. I forget. I think I might have talked about this on a previous podcast. I remember an old cell phone commercial. It was for some model of phone coming out, and they were bragging about their VR experience. And this was actually probably the most useful version of VR I think I've ever seen, to where it, it was integrating the camera with uh, Yelp, which is the you know the the uh, website where you can review like restaurants and whatnot. Yeah. And this couple was in a city on vacation and they were looking for a place to eat. And so they opened up the, their cell phone and they were just, you know, going across the street and then the camera would recognize a business and it would start pulling up Yelp reviews, Hmm. you know, from like, you know, four stars, uh, server was nice, three stars, uh, the food took a little bit, you know, took longer than expected to come out, and things like that. And I remember watching that and seeing, okay, now that is a really great kind of VR experience, because I could see, you know, of applications for that. Imagine you're traveling to another country, you just hold up your phone and your camera, and it starts translating everything for you. Hmm. I mean, yeah. those are super useful, really good ideas for VR outside of, you know, gaming. Uh, but I don't really know if that would go anywhere or not, and I haven't seen anything of that since then. Mm. So, yeah, uh, like we said, we need to wait and see what Microsoft comes out with, and see what kind of games and stuff they could have for it. Um, because clearly, there's no more Kinect games coming, so they can put some of perhaps those resources into into different games, uh, which mm-hmm. they probably already have. But I think you know what I mean. Um, yeah. yeah, I think Kinect's just got to a point where people don't talk about it anymore and there's no more games but people i still know people that use it for voice commands and heck i still use it for voice commands um like if yeah if i just haven't got my controller in the controller in my hand and i want to pause something or go back or or whatever or or go to the home page then i I just quickly use it for that so um do you have cortana at the moment for your xbox because the last time i used Uh, it it just was hardly working for me i do have it i never use it Okay. Um, it's one of those things that, like, at least right now, uh, when I'm on my console, I'm like literally within two feet of the console itself. Okay. So there's no reason for me to try to use that voice command. 
uh, because, you know, I could literally reach out my arm and pick up the controller. So, mm. yeah, because last time I was, was using it instead of like, hey, Cortana, it just, it, the thing popped up at the top and the circle was like spinning around. I said another uh-huh. command and then it just like disappeared. So I switched back to the Xbox commands. Uh, okay, what else do you have to talk about? Uh, well, the last thing that I have to talk about is kind of an interesting thing. Uh, in terms of global revenue, what do you think, which platform do you think is currently, at least according to uh, current year uh, 2017, has generated the most revenue? PlayStation? Uh, try again. Switch? N- N- Nintendo? Mobile phones. Mobile phones, interesting. I would have put that like yeah. second to last or just a bit up. I don't uh, know. Yeah, it's hard to tell. This is, uh, yeah, this is from an article. Article I found on Business Insider. It's a mobile revenue generation through platform. Uh, smartphone is at 32% of total revenue. Uh, console games, 31%. PC games, 23%. Tablet games, 10%. And uh, browser games, uh, 4%. So when you combine uh, games yeah, for like smartphones anymore, so <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when you combine your smartphone and your tablet, that's almost half of the revenue generated uh, from the gaming industry mm-hmm. uh, is coming from mobile devices. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, is it because you got like you know you can you got a lot of free to play games and free to play games that you don't uh, like that aren't or, really or, free. Yeah, but like w- with those kind of games, like let's say you take um, Neverwinter or um, what's the other game called? You, you know those kind of free to get play games on the Xbox that have those sort of things. Mm-hmm. You you take something like Candy Crush or Super Mario Run or um, Subway Surfers or something like that. Those are all games you can play for free that have in-app purchases. So it's I'm thinking it's a, a thing of like. People that have phones and tablets and stuff that use them for, you know, Facebook, texting, calls, all that sort of, you know, what people use phones and tablets for. I feel like it's maybe a case of, like, they're seeing these games on the App Store and they're seeing their friends play them. And, like, you know, on Facebook, you'd say it's it's like the competitive free market for people that have... Because most people have smartphones and it's like the free competitive market for that. Um, So, like, if... Yeah, you know, like, uh, your friends are going to be competing with you on Candy Crush and and whatnot and all these other different games they have. There's, like, a ton of different games on Facebook and stuff. And you you link that to your Facebook account through your your smartphone and stuff. So uh, it's a very, I'd say very cheap, it's free, Um, very easy market for those kind of people to get into because, you know, they just download the game, they just play it, and um, it's, it's accessible to a massive amount of people so i'm not i'm not surprised in that way yeah what i equate it to is what i call the uh, single instance phenomenon to where let's say you see a game on the app store and you're like oh that kind of looks interesting and Mm. it's a buck and so you buy it and you play it and it's like okay that was a that was a fun you know 10 minutes 20 minutes whatever Mm -hmm. and then you never touch it again uh you don't really feel that bad because it was only a dollar or a pound yeah you know people are way more likely to be upset if they spent like, you know, 10 pounds, you know, 10, 20, 30, whatever. Mm. And it wasn't a good experience versus, you know, spending $1 or one pound on something 
And even if it wasn't a good experience, they're just like, eh, it was only a buck. So, you know, right. they don't feel as put out. Mm. I see what so you mean, because whole... if, if somebody buys like a you know, $60 new release and it's No Man's Sky or something, I, I know that's a, a big example to go to of a disappointing game, but if it's, let's just say if it's a game that you liked or had an interest in enough to pre-order or, or even to get a couple months later and it's like $40, and if you're still disappointed, then it's it's going to leave a, a worse effect than if you just pay the yeah. dollar because you think, no, it's just like you said, it's just a dollar, and you jump in, you play it for a bit. That that company still gets the sale for it, and it's probably yeah. a lot more people that that do that. And of course, like you know, you're not going to see, uh, what's the new one called the the World War Two Call of Duty? You're not going to see that for a dollar because that would be absolutely ridiculous. But of course, something like Candy Crush or these other games are. A lot more cheaper to make and of course they're yeah so it, it doesn't make sense but i just thought you know with um you know the switch sales and stuff like that, i thought that, that, that might be the other one so well and when you think about it, it that's one of those another one of the phenomenons called the the volume effect where you know the company that's doing the mobile game you know they might only get a dollar for the game itself mm. but if you get you know there's how many hundreds of millions of cell phones in use right now Let's just do the, make the math easy and say there's 200 million cell phones. Yeah. So even if uh, 1% of the people that are using a cell phone buy your game, that's still $2 million in sales. Yep. And then let's say 10% of those people do an in-app purchase for $2, you know, then that's uh, uh, 400,000 <clears> in sales right there. Mm. So that math adds up really damn quick in yep. terms of volume. And plus, like you said again, that you know you pay such a cheap amount or a free game, uh, and then you just you know you play it for a bit, you know if you don't like it or not, and then um, mm-hmm. it's like a first impressions thing, like the the videos I do for first impressions. If you know I play the game twenty thirty minutes, I say whether I recommend it or not, and then if if I recommend it for myself, of course, if I say I like this game, I'm going to keep playing it. If not, because uh, I do the I try to do the games with gold games, and I've started doing the uh, preview games, which they'll be out soon. They're all mm-hmm. they're all free, so it like you know, if I don't like the game, um, it, it, you know, if I don't like the game, I just uninstall it and never think about it again. But they've still got their number there, so yeah, I can see yeah. exactly what you mean. And I'm and I'm you know I do that a lot too. What I usually do is I'll get a free game and I'll play it for like an hour or two. And if I think okay, this I enjoy this game, I'm going to continue to playing it. I might do an in-app purchase just as my way of supporting that mm. game franchise mm-hmm. especially if it's like a small developer that doesn't have a big budget behind it or a big company behind it mm-hmm. you know those those companies live or die by those microtransactions yeah especially if the company's not a giant jerk like the people that do candy crush are mm. uh you know they've done some really shady things in the past so okay um but yeah i mean it's like uh when you had the i think it was the the hour trial or whatever of recall and i said i like this game quite a lot granted i didn't finish the actual game but i was like i like this game quite a bit i didn't uninstall it of course i didn't buy the game i then went on and and um got it through boomerang or whatever uh but you know they still got you know the game impressed me enough that through through the trial i i wanted to continue with the game so um yeah cool uh so you said that was the last thing you had to talk about yeah, that's the last thing I had for anything interesting. Um, I did want to mention, uh, you mentioned the game previews and the game demos. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite 
is now available for game uh, preview demo on the Xbox Marketplace. I don't Did know if it's the same it? on PlayStation. I started the download last night. Haven't had a chance to actually play it yet. I played it, and I, n- I think this is another Battleborn Overwatch situation, where the Injustice Two just came out, and that's an incredible game. And you look at because I played five minutes of this Marvel vs. Capcom thing, and granted, you can tell it's a different style of game. It's not like this CG awesome thing. It's it's a lot more like arcadey, but. I didn't like it at all, um, and I do think it's another case of if this game had come out in six months' time or a year's time, away from Injustice 2, it might have, it might be a bit more successful. Because I've seen a lot of people say, "Oh, I played the demo and uh, I've cancelled my pre-order because I just didn't like this," and I've seen a lot of people absolutely loving Injustice 2, including myself. So, yeah. Um, uh, speaking of Injustice 2, did you see that uh, tournament with Sonic Fox? I didn't. No. Uh, he, he made interesting headlines with it. I didn't want to bring it up because I didn't know if it was going to be relevant or not, but he figured out a way to make Joker a ridiculously powerful character in competitive play for Injustice 2. Hmm. He's apparently figured out the trick, and if you just do, uh, Injustice 2 Joker Sonic Fox on YouTube, you can pull the video up. He figured out a pretty decent way to make that character really scary in competitive play. Interesting. Nice. I think if I'm going to pick out two player, two characters that I found really hard to play against, it would be the Flash and uh, Superman. Um, it makes me laugh in the story the way they, without trying to spoil the game too much, you've got all these characters because I I said it's a bit it's a bit of like a Civil War Batman v Superman type of story, and the way they talk about Superman and the way that Superman's treated by like Brainiac and everybody else in the game is like he's this ungodly, incredible thing that's like miles ahead of every other super character. Granted, I know Superman's incredibly powerful, but they they do go over the top a little bit with that. Where they're like, they sort of go, okay, we need somebody to attack Brainiac's ship again. Oh, Superman can do it because he's like the only person who can. I was like, there's like the Flash and all these other characters and there's Supergirl as well. So, I, I, it, it was one of those kind of comically funny things. I was like, okay, this is a comic book. This is a game based off a of comic book character, so I'm no one going to be in for some of that. And we see some of it on the CW shows. But, yeah, the, the other characters almost, like, stand aside at that point, And they're just like, Superman could do it. Superman could do it. He's this incredible godlike thing. It's It's crazy. Uh, so yeah, that's all the news we had for this week. I forgot to mention, I did put it at the top of my notes, but somehow I didn't read it. The Crash Bandicoot remaster is coming out on Friday the 30th of June. And I'm very, very excited for it. I don't know if you saw my post on the two, on the page, Facebook page and the Facebook group, but uh, I'm going to be writing a, a preview for that. Um, and I don't like to talk about things that haven't been recorded or written yet, but it's been mostly written, so it should be out on on Tuesday, because I'll put this podcast out on Monday, so that you guys can look ahead, uh, look forward to that next day. Um, are you going to play it yourself? Uh, I'm kind of on the fence of it. Uh, there's actually a couple of games that kept <coughs> up on my radar for coming out soon, uh, after E3. I didn't really want to talk about them, because you know, E3 was kind of like all, all the big stuff. Uh, the okay. first one is uh, Fortnite, which comes out in a few weeks. Uh, there's going to be a a game demo of that, so I definitely want to try that out. It's basically uh, 
a, a crazy monster tower defense, you know, random trap game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks interesting, but I'm a little confused with it because if you go on the Xbox Marketplace, there's like four versions of it. There's like a $40 version, an $80 version, a $100 version, and a $150 version. Uh, but if you go on like a retail site like Amazon or GameStop or something like that, there's just a $60 version. Okay. So I got to do a little bit more research into the games and to find out what exactly is going on with it in okay. terms of what does this do and what does that do. Um, right. And if I can get that sorted out and you know try the game demo and if it's fun, I might pick that up. Uh, the other one is uh, Ace Combat 7, and it's been a really long time since I've played a good flight uh, combat sim game, and that one I might have to pre-order and pick up. Sweet. All right. I'm, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm very excited for Crash, and it's the first free game, so there's a lot to play there. Um, I've been mm-hmm. watching, I've actually stopped watching gameplay videos, because I'm like, if I watch so many of these, I'm just going to, like, be kind of ruined on the game. So, like, with the uh, Spider-Man Homecoming Thing. There's been so many clips that I've seen. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna just stop watching these because I just want to see the film now. But uh, yeah, I'm very, very excited for that on Friday. That's a childhood game that I liked the look of a lot. I didn't play very much, but now I get to play it properly on a on a nice PlayStation 4. So really, really excited for that. Of course, I'll probably talk about that next week. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, just in case any of you are fans of, I just I'll just throw this out quickly. Do you remember I said I watched that show called Girl Boss on Netflix? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been cancelled. I just saw it pop up on my phone, so that's annoying and unfortunate. Uh, but yeah, if you watch the show as well, which I don't know if a lot of people did, um, we well, got cancelled, so I don't, I don't know. But uh, that just got cancelled. So yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, you can find all of our content on entertainmenttalk.org. We've got, like I said, the crash preview, which should be out on Tuesday. Um, me and David are doing Better Call Saul Season 3 review uh, The week after that Me and um, Robert here are Hopefully doing an iZombie season review uh, Either Within the next couple of weeks I don't know if it would be the week after the premiere uh, the, the finale or the week after that We'll have to uh, of course sort that and arrange that um, There is of course This podcast coming out um, And there's a big Walking Dead article That I'm I'm working on I uh, I'm thinking about it more before I write it because it's going to be a, a quite a big thing. But I'll uh, look out for that in the coming weeks or whenever that's ready. Um, and yeah, that's that's about what's happening at the moment. Entertainment talk. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at etalkuk, of course. Uh, been a little bit absent from Twitter, just you know, been playing games and stuff and been trying to concentrate on them. Um, uh, you can also email us at entertainmenttalkahotmail.com if you have. Anything you want to discuss with us, of course, send them in or tweet them at us or put them on the Facebook group or whatever. Uh, I'll be sure to find them. And if you'd like to support all these little things that we're doing, uh, you could head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. Of course, that's our Patreon page. Um, and I managed to update some of the support us page um, with appropriate links and whatnot. So if you want to support us for free, because you can also do that. Uh, head over to the support us page and you'll find a bunch of different options i suggest so uh yeah that's it for this week thanks very much for listening and of course we'll see you on the next piece of content goodbye